it's quite an honor to be here um, because this is a place that represents much to us, primarily because of the religion that, it's, that led to its being built, the city in which it stands, and the many great people who have been here. I had uh, decided while sitting on the uh, tarmac, I think they call it, at the airport for an hour extra, New York speed, that I was going to uh, read a little section from this novel, which is about what it seems to me has to take place in the United States. That is that oftentimes we have to go backward in order to go forward. By that I mean that oftentimes we are told that uh, certain things are done for, we'll, that'll never happen again, the good old days are gone, the society is going to uh, a certain place in a handbasket. We hear that a lot. Um, personally, I find that impossible to believe, primarily because the very composition of the gathering of people here is a commentary in and of itself on what has happened in the United States since the period that Mrs. King talked about when a group of people who had everything against them, including the local the local police, the state government, the uh, Dixiecrats, the lack of interest perhaps on the part of the nation at large. But look what happened. I mean, if you look at American stuff from the period, say, that John F. Kennedy was president. As I often point out, and I think I'll point this out until I croak, uh, everything important in the world was done by white guys in dark suits with dark ties. That was the way the world was. I mean, you didn't see, I mean, black people essentially were servants on television shows. And now, as the father of a 21-year-old daughter, I mean, she, when she was six or seven years old, her vista was wide open. I asked her one day, what, what do you want to be? She said, oh, I might want to be a Supreme Court justice, an astronaut, a police officer, a fireman. She gave a long list. And having been in, born in 1945, I remember about that time a girl six or seven years old probably would have said she was going to be a nurse, a teacher, or a housewife. So I think things have changed dramatically. Now this little section here from this book which is be coming out next year, is a portrait that this woman who has built an academy in a very depressed part of Washington, D.C., is talking about because this is the woman who inspired her to become a teacher and to go back into the community and start to rebuild because that's essentially what we have to do in the United States. Now, we have to... We have to 
rediscover and build upon our greatest natural resource, which is our humanity. So she's talking to these people at the Willard Hotel, as it turns out, about her childhood and about this teacher that she had named Belletta Straganaw. Miss Belletta Straganaw, the daughter of molasses black Aida Jane and reddish brown Paul Straganaw, she who was a quarter Indian and an educator, and the granddaughter of Sophronia Lilly and Paul Paul Straganaw, the half Choctaw educator and African Methodist Episcopalian minister, this Mississippi woman had a soul of fire, steel, velvet, and peach cobbler. The example of her iron eyes and her code had inspired Cecilia to become what she became. That was back when they would get up Saturday morning at 7.30, take a bath, dress, leave with everything necessary, including a little jar of Dixie peach, traipse around the corner to pick up Carlotta Johnson and get some freshly baked biscuits with red jelly from her mother, go on and meet at the park on their bikes, all girls with their hair sticking straight up, pedal around as fast as they could until the time came to go to the swimming pool, lay their bikes on the ground, bury a quarter somewhere, go in and take their swimming lessons at nine, wait until noon for the pool to open, splash and go crazy with the boys, come out and dig up their quarters, buy some wax lips and some wax teeth or some white paper beaded with candy or a Mars bar, a Milky Way, and a pair of Hostess Twinkies, gobble them up. Get home in time for their mother or their aunt or their big sister to tell them they had better not have one ashy spot left on them after they had cleaned up and gotten dressed for dinner. Sit there thinking about boys and about your books, especially the ones that were late from the library that you couldn't enter in numbers of more than five at a time because the library couldn't handle a bunch of giggling, screeching girls, every one of whom looked like the model for an angel come Sunday morning and was nervous as all heck, but ready to meet the demands of, Bel of Belletta Straganaw on Monday, when there would be no kind of jive whatsoever because this woman would call your house or visit and sit there, the color of milk chocolate with a rose undertone, staring her power through the hardest eyes God had ever made, and tell your parents that they had a responsibility to the world, which was to make sure that their children did not at any time and at any place fail to understand that something you learned was something that no one could take from you. And that if you failed to learn and betrayed the blessing of ever having been born with the ability to become a fully rounded and well-educated human being, who could pass on every form of knowledge that he or she possessed just by the manner in which this person carried himself or herself, which meant, consequently, that this child of yours had to be disciplined with the fierce love necessary to communicate that though there may be plenty to laugh at in this life, life itself was nobody's laughing matter. Thank you.